Hey, this is Brady Oliveira, and you're listening to UND Football 360. Hawks rally and survive a sycamore scare. This week, they land in Kentucky to take on Missouri Valley newcomer Murray State. It's Hawks versus Racers, and this is UND Football 360. This is UND Football 360. Shannon Schweiger, along with former Fighting Sioux, All-American Kelly Howe, and 2001 National Champ Matt Nelson. Matt Nelson, you're first out of the gate. There's 47 seconds left Saturday. What are you thinking? I was a little nervous. I was kind of deflated after that. You know, they came back, went ahead by three, um, and I was like, okay, all right, here's, here's the time to prove yourselves, guys. Here's the chance to prove what kind of football team you are. Here is everything that you want in a season. You want to go in overtime at least once during the season so you can prove yourself later on in the, in the year, right, when you go into the playoffs. So I like to see us in a tough situation, and I like seeing us prevail at the end and finding a way to win. That's what good football teams do is they, always, they can play ugly, but they always find a way to win. Kelly House, same question. 47 seconds left. I think I saw you down on the sideline. What are you thinking? Well, I was – well, I had tweeted earlier in the game, probably second quarter when it was 7 nothing. I'm like, we lose this game, season's over. Okay, because <laughs> this – we've seen this movie before, okay, with with Idaho State in 2015. You go 7-4. and four, Now, 8-3 and three you might get in, but go you go 7-4 and four with this loss, you're out. Okay, they're yeah. they're gonna hold it against you in the worst way possible. We already have seen that. So I had faith, but yeah, I mean nervous. Obviously, I, I, extremely nervous. I was like, oh man, how were we? But then we had two timeouts, so we had timeouts. So it was like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna move. But the downfield passing game isn't our strength, apparently, for three point nine quarters because all of a sudden <laughs> we hit. Klein right down the middle. We had well, we actually hit uh, Caden Dennis. He dropped the one that was open too. Right. So and I don't know. Did we learn something, Matt? Let's let's look at it this way. Did we learn something that can be applied to the first three quarters of a game? I think Maybe? I th- I think so. I think that um, I and I was more nervous before in that first quarter. I'm like, gosh, we've gone five quarters now without scoring a touchdown. We've gone almost six quarters, mm-hmm. and I think, hey. We have the confidence to be able to come back and just win a football game. Let's apply that and learn from it and move on. And I, I actually spoke to one of the players at dinner. I uh, ran into him after the game, and he was really excited about what they were able to accomplish in overtime. So, so I yeah. think the camaraderie came together. I think they came together as a team. So I think that can be learned for the next game. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the one big part is belief. It goes right. back to what we said, belief. But the UND needs to move faster on offense. Let's move. Let's get the ball moving. And we look pretty good doing it that way. Yeah, I agree. Here's what I was thinking with 47 seconds left. I sit at about the 20-yard line in the upper uh, section on the north end zone or north side. Uh, You can probably guess where I'm looking, 30-yard line. Nice. Yep. I was a kicker. Right. I'm looking (laughs) at where did we got to get to CJ. I wanted at least – 47. My mark was the 30-yard line. Yeah. So I, I'm doing the math, and I'm not very good at math, um, but I'm doing the math from 
the 25-yard line, our own 25. I'm doing the math, 47 seconds left, two timeouts. How do we got to move the ball down to get to the 30-yard line? Well, we're going to break down the fourth quarter. We're going to break down the overtime. We're going to break down the whole game for you um, in this episode of UND Football 360. Um, Coming up, we have a brand new sponsor that we're going to talk about. Uh, During that breakdown, we're going to look around the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and it will be brought to you by the Toasted Frog in Grand Forks and Fargo. We do not have a Development Homes 360 guest this week, but we are going to thank Development Homes. In our second segment, we'll have the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview, the Hail Mary quiz, and Kelly and Matt's picks, which are brought to you by Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Before we get to all of that, this show takes sponsors. We are an expensive bunch here at UND Football 360, and we want to thank Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino, our longest-standing, most sustained sponsor here on the show, Development Homes Incorporated of Grand Forks, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, the Kelly Howe Agency, NODAC Mutual Insurance, Interstate Industrial, Bakken Oilfield Services, and our newest sponsor, the Toasted Frog in Grand Forks and Fargo. Let's swing it right in to the Kelly Howe Agency, NODAC Mutual Insurance Rewind. And before, I'm going to talk about streaks. UND is on a losing streak. Fellas, Mm -hmm. University of North Dakota won the first four coin tosses this year. We have now (laughs) lost four in a row. Oof. And why, why is that critical? Well, it's about when you get the ball and when you everything else, but obviously it's up to chance. Kelly, yeah. what are the odds on a coin toss? <laughs> uh, 33? Uh, I don't know. It, it depends it, if you call tails. All right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it depends what you call versus which way it can flip. Wait, am right. I overthinking yeah, this? Yeah, you might yeah. be overthinking okay. this. <laughs> You're engineering so, it again. <laughs> I found that, I found that to be – I found it to be interesting, and I got a little tidbit, which is really – you know, they call it trivia for a reason. Um, at Zealand High, my last football year, we actually had pretty good teams while I was in high school. Uh, we had an eight and one season where we lost to an eventual um, state champ runner up or a state runner up. Uh, but my senior year, we kind of ran out of numbers and we ran out of doctor boys and we were 0 and 7. And here's the trivial tidbit of that, of that miserable long 0 and 7 season. Uh, thank God we didn't play nine games. Um, we won every coin toss. How about that? Mm-hmm. I kicked off. We deferred every game. I kicked off every game. You're immediately down 7 nothing. <laughs> no. Um, Ouch. <laughs> well, he we said they're 0-7, so we I'm just kind of seven. No, because um, eh, a little puffery here, because they started at the 20-yard line because yours truly Keep in high up. school, as soon as it hits the end zone, um, and yep. in high school, you kick, we kicked from the 40, and uh, long story short, I always kicked touchbacks in high school when I was young and dumb. So let's get to more important things. Let's talk fighting Hawks football. Kelly, we always turn it to you first. Uh, UND survives 36-33. First half, sluggish. Power outage continued from Cedar Falls. Let's get your thoughts on all things fighting Hawks last week Saturday. These things happen. Folks need to realize it. Teams go through lulls. They don't look good a couple games. You know, everybody... Every team does it, okay? And this, I think this is their lull right now. I don't expect it to continue, but, yeah, it was ugly. First mm-hmm. quarter was ugly. Second quarter was ugly. Then all of a sudden they started to put it together. I don't know. You know, they just made a few big plays type of thing, and 
took the lead, and then the last four minutes and 30 seconds of the game was a complete gong show. <laughs> no, it, everybody was scoring. He right. couldn't stop scoring in the last four, 30 minutes of the game. And how about the – hey, before we get in, I mean, I got a ton of notes here, but that game ended up going over the total. <laughs> how did that game go over the total? I don't know how it did, but it went way over too. Yeah, It was 7-0 seven, seven right before half. UND needs a score to, just to make it 7-7, seven, seven, you know, which is not on pace. You know. Kelly, it was one of those games like when I'm watching Maction or something yeah. late at night when you don't care about who wins if you're a football fan. It was entertaining. But for those of us who cared, uh, the nausea was – Yeah, it was, it was one of those games, and I understand the fans' angst. They, they don't want to see that. They want to see a consistent effort 11 weeks a year. But I also put out a tweet that says – if anybody knows how to get 11 weeks of straight effort from a team, by all means, let every coach in America know because they're wondering. Because this happens to every team there is. Look, and I put out, South Dakota had their game of the century last weekend at home against the Jacks, okay, in-state rival. I mean, that is the probably the biggest game maybe in the history of South Dakota. They haven't, well, they made the national championship once in 1985, but other than that, has there a bigger game that they've had where they get the number one at home? Well, you know, probably the best perspective I ever heard on exactly what you're talking about, Kelly, came from the late, great Flip Saunders. He was on one of the KFAN radio shows way back when, when I was still commuting from Jamestown to Fargo for my job. And Flip came on, and the host said, Flip, I don't understand your team. He said, the other night they went out in Denver and they just looked like world beaters. I was ready to say, this is an NBA championship caliber team. Now you came home, you played the Raptors, and you lost by 40 points. I don't understand that. And Flip goes, well, you know, that's a common phenomenon. And he goes, you know what they call that when, when a team goes out and they're world beaters one night and they're, they're just flat on their feet the next night? And the host goes, no, what's that called? And Flip Saunders said, sports. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It happens. Well, uh, hey, the, J- the Yotes lost 37 to 3. Did Bob Nielsen have them ready to roll? I don't know. You can't tell me he did. They lost 37 to 3. I mean, you'd think they'd be, they'd look like UND against NDSU, is what you would think, right? That's what I was anticipating and watching. I'm like, yeah, this might, this will probably be a tight ball game. But then you can't predict some of those things where, where you know it's just the the culture of the team it's and sometimes in sports you overhype it too right like you yeah. put too much weight on it you kind of get into your own head and athletes these guys are 20 18 to 22 years old like how, how good were were you i know i wasn't good at dealing with stress at that <laughs> at that age so and you know the, you need some life experience and you know that's giving it to them and the most fair podcast football podcast in america also has to credit the Sycamores. You know, once again, if you didn't care about the outcome, the Sycamores were an 0-7 team. They were making plays late in that game. Oh. They they never quit. They're the best. Never give up. They are the best 0-8 team <laughs> no, in the country. I was just going to say that. They're, the, they're, they're a talented team, and every team in the Missouri Valley, they're going to have great arms and legs. Their quarterback was dialed in. He was making good plays. He They had a couple great athletes D-line. On a, their d-line was amazing really good they're really good they're probably you know two three uh, in the top half of the mm-hmm. d-lines in in the missouri valley right at least and they had a, they had and, a good game plan too yeah they how did. many 
well, how many times they did you see seven zone? to eight guys in the box? <laughs> like way too many guys right. in the box this day and age. You don't see that this day and age because teams spread you out. You have to mm-hmm. spread out with it. You know, and, and I was going to make a point of this. Um, UND couldn't get the running game going. Couldn't get the running game going. Uh, third and three late. I didn't – I think we got a bad spot. But it was – so it ended up third and three to – if we convert that third and three, the game's over, right? Mm-hmm. We hand it off to Isaiah, loses two yards. They had eight guys there ready to kill him. We had five guys blocking. Right. Well, it wasn't going to work. We we have an opportunity to get out of that. I know for a fact Tommy could have got out of it, run a little bubble screen or something wide and taken a chance that way or a, a pick route, mm-hmm. run a little pick route, yep. roll out pick route. Okay. So I was expecting something like that once he saw that box. We can't run against that type of box. We have to do something else. Why did we run for so many yards against NDSU, and why were there big, such big holes? The box had five guys in it. I'm not kidding. Go back and watch the game. If you, if yep. you don't believe me, go back and pick a play where Gavin Zebarth ran through for the line for five to ten yards. They had five at the most six, and the sixth guy was staggered off kind of half in the flats, half over the tight end area. So he really wasn't there. That's all they had in the box. Well, yeah, we're going <laughs> to, you know. They weren't worried about a running game, and they were worried yeah. about the bubble screens, slant routes, all right. that stuff underneath, and that's what they were protecting. Well, Indiana State, they knew if they took away the run, they had a good chance at, at winning the ball game. They were going to make us go downfield. Yeah. And, and we th- didn't we didn't go downfield till. We Late. needed to go downfield. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, Tommy Schuster, 26 of 37, one interception, 285 yards, four TDs, and countless sack avoids. Ooh. And uh, Tommy was clutch. I rewatched the fourth quarter and the overtime. Um, Tommy Schuster was clutch during that time frame. Remember the one play, north end zone, um, where people stand a catwalk and yell at everyone? The crowd up there. You know, that's the best place to watch the game, though. I, I, I equate it to that, so everybody knows which end I'm talking about. Um, It was on the goal line. I don't know. Let's call it the five-yard line, three-yard line. Remember when he got out of that sack? I don't know how he got out of it, but he was sacked. They had him inside the pocket. He scrambles out to his left towards the Indiana State sideline, throws it back to Skokna mm-hmm. in the end zone. Skokna dropped it. That was yeah. actually a perfect that pass a right on his hands, and he dropped it. That would have been maybe on Sports Center top ten if you would because I don't know how he got away from those D linemen in the first place, and then he converted it on the run, throwing back across his body, perfect pass to Skoke. Now he couldn't come up with it, but Tommy was a magician out there, and well, the probably the only reason they came back and won. And the twenty-one yard run for a first down, and and you know obviously it's his job to have the um, top of mind to get up and clock it, but after that 21-yard run, bang, uh, organizing the troops, clock it, yep. and here we go. Now yeah, he uh, that run, do you see the D lineman had his foot? I mean, yep. when you watch the replay, it was closer than you think. It, the D lineman was diving for his calf, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like he was fully stretched out, barely touching. He was diving, going to land on Tommy's calf. Somehow his foot comes slipping out of there. I mean, if he goes down there, uh, oh boy. Different outcome. Yeah, it's a different outcome. We didn't have uh, – we were Safe out of timeouts at that point, too. Um, let's go to the defensive side. And Wyatt Pettigo, uh, last year injuries uh, kind of plagued him down the stretch. But this guy just gets stronger and stronger and stronger um, as the week goes on uh, or as the season goes on. Seven tackles, 
the other day and how many quarterback rushes. Oh, geez. when <laughs> the damage they were doing to those running backs, him and Malachi McNeil, they would send him through it. Obviously, the plan was don't beat him, run through him. Okay, <laughs> they engage that running back. And I don't know, maybe part of that might be for screens maybe or something. I don't know, you just engage him and take away the leak out or, you know what I mean? I, but uh, Right, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. They were killing him, though, like driving the running back back into the quarterback. <laughs> no, they wouldn't get there, but they'd come within a yard because they're driving. Oh, Pedigo is playing different level. Out of his skull this yes. right now. He's right speed. Now. Speed, net the, the they send him on those. Inside, you know, a little twist. I think they're slightly delayed blitz. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Would you call it that, Matt? Like a delayed look? Yeah, delayed fire. Like, like yeah. a delayed fire um, look to it. So, uh, But defensively, they're the second reason why we won this game. Because we they kept it close. They were put in tough situations. We weren't having much going on in the first quarter, especially. Where Indiana State could have gone up a couple scores. Where our defense held strong. They bent. They didn't break, right? So... Uh, throughout the game, our defense did a fantastic job where they came up big in a few situations where they were able to shut down. Fourth quarter, we kind of let, yeah. let a couple big plays go. But yeah. first half, I th- I was very happy with how our defensive played in the first half. Uh, big loss. Uh, defensive end Ben McNamara left the game in the fourth quarter. Um, he was leading the defensive line, uh, three-and-a-half sacks, six-and-a-half tackles for loss. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we preview uh, this week's game against Murray State in our 360 game preview. We'll talk about who's inserted uh, in place of uh, Ben McNabow as well, but huge loss on the defensive side for North Dakota. Yeah, that one that one hurt, and that's going to be a few weeks uh, at least because that was a ankle, but we don't know which ankle. You got to hope lower ankle, but then you right. lower is better and higher, but lower can also, you know, something can break down there too, I suppose, in a foot or, in, you know, Things like that. So we got to just hope for the best and get McNamara back for, well, be final week of the year, Illinois State or playoffs if they make it. You know, that that, that one hurts because he's their, he's their playmaker. He's their every down guy, third down for sure. Mm-hmm. He's their best pass rusher. So, 100%. Yeah, that one was tough. But, it yeah, the defense, I just a bit discouraged late. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. Played well up until fourth quarter and just – kind of panic mode set in back especially in the secondaries like that that long touchdown down the middle I mean Okanzi just didn't even tackle him yeah. it's like you you can't I mean I just grab his jersey I don't care what you do but slow make him, him snap it again slow, make slow him snap down it again. And you know get, let somebody else grab it you grab, can't just kind of grab and let him run then 40 yards for a touch. I mean oh god that was All that right. one was bad well the Hawks knocked out the starting quarterback and and not on any one particular play it was just uh, you know, it, it was death by a thousand cuts. Right. They knocked him out. Freshman quarterback comes in, made a couple mistakes late. I thought he had a first down, which would have really sealed things or, or, or hurt, <coughs> excuse me, um, the Hawks' chances in the overtime. <coughs> excuse me once again. Uh, but what I thought was a critical mistake was when they scored with 47 seconds left. They didn't have to score with and give us 47 seconds. All right. They could have... True. They rushed up and snapped the ball, and I go, thank you, Sycamores. You have given the Hawks a chance um, because they had it first and goal at basically the one-and-a-half-yard line, oh. one-yard line. Yep. They could have taken their time. They could, there's a lot yep. of things they could have done. Certainly could have run more time off the clock, probably a freshman mistake, but he's got coaches too, and again, 
thank goodness for the Hawks season because like we said, we are allowed to hook, look ahead. The players aren't allowed to look ahead, but going four losses and having to run the table and even what that loss would look like, yeah. it was a season-saving overtime victory. Oh, 100%. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, we already spoke to what the damage would have been. So, yeah, a lot of things had to go right in the last, well, 47 seconds in overtime. Right. And in overtime, right. I, I wrote down, I guess you got a little conservative there. I don't know what they were quite they were thinking. I mean, they were moving the ball pretty good, and then they just ran twice inside, didn't get anything. And then he, I think the freshman kind of panicked there. Yeah, he flushed out to his left and could have gone. There was a linebacker there. there but, guy, if, but, but if he puts a move on him right. and gets by him, it's a first down. Yeah, he kind of – and then he didn't want to throw it because he knew – I'm sure they told him, hey, no mistakes, we got a field goal, right? Yep. Well, yeah, it was – they got a little conservative, thankfully for us. And then UND comes out and big run up the middle for Isaiah Smith, gets nine. We plow – plow for the first down which was a little tougher today indiana state or on saturday indiana state made that sneak tough didn't they hey they're pretty good in there i'll tell you what um indiana state's front defensive their their defensive front played well and we saw the athleticism in the interception because oh, yeah. big dude went a long ways down the field Right. Till yeah, he, he was, was wrapped up. He ran pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> big kid. And then that five on the edge, he's tough. He's and tough. Yeah, we we had some trouble. And remember, I, we've pointed this many times. South Dakota had plenty of trouble with them the week before. It was 3-3 three to three at half. It ended up 17-3. Um, Northern Iowa, 27-20 beat them. Okay, they, they struggled with them. So this team is not as bad as we think. And some of these games, you just got to get out of there with a win. I expect it to look totally different this week, and we're going to get into our game preview, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about the last two weeks. I think the team had their lull, especially after the big Bison win. I, I don't think their minds were right, and I wrote that in the preseason preview when I on the blog. I said, this is the game that worries me the most was Northern Iowa because how are they going to come out? Are they going to be ready to go? Well, they weren't, and right. sure enough. So, yeah, I mean, hey, five and three, moving ahead. Yeah. You got your whole season in front of you. We we still have something to play for, so that's that's where you want to be at this Everything point in the season. Right and there. I like our schedule the rest of the season. Final thoughts on Saturday's game, Matt Nelson. Well, I not the win that we necessarily want as fans, but we got the win. We got in our situation where we put found adversity, and we were able to find our way out of adversity, and that's the biggest thing. Just talking with a couple of players after the game, they were really proud of this win, and I think it's going to pay dividends moving into the final stretch of the season, give us some confidence to make a run at the playoffs. Kelly, last thoughts on last Saturday. Plenty to look at on the tape to get better, that's for sure. And I'm glad they're happy about the win, but they should be pissed off about the way they played, too, for right. three that, quarters. That came so, out, too. That, yeah. we, do, we don't want to win this way, but we're, right. we, we came away with the win. We, we're confident that we can get out of a situation like that. So, right. yep. so that's, oh. I think, positives. Well, the Kelly Howe Agency, NODAC, Mutual Insurance Rewind moves along. We're going to look around at the Missouri Valley Football Conference. But before we do that, it's pretty rare that you get to ask a sponsor directly in the process of a podcast. How's it going over at your agency, Kelly? Going well. I like it. Yep, things are going good and uh, good feedback. People seem to like the relationship 
with UND <laughs> athletics and the How indoor facility. How <laughs> many claims did you have with our ice and snowstorm? Yeah, none yet. It's got to be picking yeah. up. <laughs> Crossing fingers here. Yeah, I know. That's it. It's claim season coming up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I haven't had any yet, but it's uh, no, it's fun. I like it. Uh, I like getting out, meeting people, talking, and talking about the business, learning every day. Learn something new every day, and I probably will till I quit. So. Well, as soon as it started snowing, I was reminding friends and family, hey, you know how much snow we got last year? You better go over and talk to Kelly because there's going to be a lot on your roof right. this year. So <laughs> they might have to increase their coverage. But uh, great to hear it's going well, Kelly. It's a, and, again, it's a great career um, for you. It allows you to use all your connections and everything else. Kelly Howe Agency, NODAC Mutual Insurance. And, folks, that is the company that made the new addition, phase two, to the High Performance Center, the Pollard Center up in Grand Forks Possible. It's going to say NODAC Mutual Insurance on it. So uh, thank Kelly. Move your insurance over to him. Um, we're going to take a look around the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And before we do that, we're going to welcome a new sponsor. We're blowing up, folks. We're blowing up. Another new sponsor, the Toasted Frog in Fargo and Grand Forks. Here's the first thing I think of when I think of Toasted Frog in either Fargo or Grand Forks. The setting, the restaurant, the bar and restaurant themselves are part of your evening out. They're beautiful. The bars are beautiful. They're historic settings. You got the brick. You got the warmth. Great place to have a great dinner out, especially with wintertime coming along. 100%. And their appetizers are great. Their menu is great. Uh, full bar drinks full bar uh, the whole nine yards so when you go up to Grand Forks before or after the football game if you're going out to the hockey game later that night make sure to stop and have at least a few drinks and some appetizers at the Toasted Frog downtown in both communities downtown Grand Forks mm -hmm. downtown Fargo make it an evening excellent locations too Right next, I think what Grant Forks, right next to Joe Black's there. So yeah, yeah, right. you got yeah. all the one-stop shop. Nice mix. You, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go get? Want to go really tie one on after you're done eating? You go next door too. They got when plenty you're done of and plenty no. of drive up for Ubers for Ubering. Later. Right. We need to get plenty an Uber. We need an Uber sponsor here. I right. I heard. Sure. Now I know hockey fans drink. I've been to hockey games. Again, nine dollar <laughs> Bush Light. Um, sorry, Jody. Yeah. That's a little steep for Bush Light. We love Jody, but come on, man. Nine bucks for a Bush Light. Anyway, I, I, I kid with him. I mean, Jody Hodgson, he runs that place. And, and don't kid yourself, folks. It doesn't run itself. Good facilities need leadership, just like the Toasted Frog. But here is, here's the thing. Um, we need an Uber sponsor here because I also heard football fans like to drink on occasion. Yeah. I think so, they do. Yeah, 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 I think they do. Especially waited, a nine dollar Morgan's hey, that I like to get at the Laris. Center, I've waited you know. in long lines. Well, you get the special cup, so, <laughs> right. yeah. a nice football cup with it. I've so. waited in long lines at the men's room, which means something's going on at right. the Laris. Hydrating Center. well. And and the other no. thing is, while you're waiting in line, um, you know, I have my media credential on, so that if I do need to get in. It comes in handy after the game sometimes if you got to get to the restroom if you're on field level or whatever. That's about all I use my media credentials for. But um, I do get some interesting comments sometimes about UND football 360 or whatever when you're in the men's room. So there is <laughs> there's a lot of good advice, both football and otherwise, being handed out in the men's room at the Alara Center. I'll, I'll let you know that. Let's look around the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and the first thing we're going to do is take a look at last week's scores. Then we'll look at the standings and take a look ahead. Last week, 
the game of the week was obviously the Rabbits, who uh, went into Vermilion at South Dakota, into the Dakota Dome, 37-3 to over the Coyotes. Did anybody expect mm. that? No, I don't know if the Coyotes went out pheasant hunting early that morning or what, <laughs> what happened there, but um, that I was I expected a closer game than that, but, you know, who did, who's to say? Like, we talked about it earlier in the cast that, I mean, anything can happen with 18 to 22-year-olds, right, going into a big game and their focus, things like that. Well, the Oats scored yeah. first. Yeah. First I, points on the board. I think they just got kind of beat up up front. They just got bullied, and yeah. it, Coyotes are – <clears throat> fairly one-dimensional they're I mean they can throw the ball sure but the quarterback doesn't run and they want to run I mean they want to run their running backs they want to pound you and just play a methodical kind of an old NCC style game where they get up they'd like to get up by two scores and shut it down punt and be safe and you know use their defense well I think South Dakota State beat them up up front after a while and they couldn't get anything going and then it took a it took the Jacks a little while but then they then they once they got the lead and got the momentum, it was pretty Imposed much over. Yeah, it was over. Half, yeah. Too many guys. Yeah. So the the rabbits continue um, their dominance in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Probably going to run the table as we we look at things. You got a couple of battles coming. We'll we'll take a look ahead later. Northern Iowa survives Illinois State twenty four twenty one. The Panthers playing some pretty good football right now. Yeah, better. That's yeah, we, this what they did last yeah, year too, right? And we knew that they're good. They're a great team. They got good talent. So I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if they make a good run at the end, the end of the season. Youngstown State forty four twenty eight over Mo State. Um, Murray State, welcome to North Dakota. They make their first trip into North Dakota and face uh, the boys on the north side of Fargo thirty eight six North Dakota State over Murray State. Bison are back. <laughs> Hey, and they, <laughs> I've read stuff that people think, oh, they got it all figured out. No. Well, yeah. they got they a big Western test. Illinois and Murray. I know, okay. and Murray. It, and it's well, a good recovery after the right. thumping. Yeah, they it'll took. make you feel better. It'll make oh, you feel better after sure. the thumping oh. they took from uh, North Dakota. Now, I think what we have um, when we're talking about North Dakota State, and this show said it in the last two weeks, they're not as bad as some Bison fans make it out to be. They're not as good as some others make it out to be. They're somewhere right. in the middle, and after – a decade of dominance, that's probably where you're going to be. So there's a lot ahead for the Bison, but they do have a tough schedule. We're going to look at uh, they play South Dakota State this week. They have Northern Iowa. Um, and then they Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. Oof, so they got a tough, they got a tough <laughs> schedule tough. going. Good talent. Um, nope. Speaking of Southern Illinois, they whooped up on their in-state rival, Western Illinois, 63 to nothing. That qualifies as the biggest in-conference thumping of the season this year for any team. Yeah, I, I'm starting to feel bad for Western. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're leaving well, the they're conference leaving. now, yeah. but it's like they're not even competing anymore. They, they got to be so mentally. They're going to F, another FCS conference. Ohio right? they're not going. They're not Ohio. going to D2, no. are they? They're no. going to Ohio okay. Valley Conference. It, it'll be better okay. competition for them. And, again, if you know anything about what's going on in Illinois, big, big financial issues in government, big financial issues in um, the university system, and what they are deciding on a legislative level is who are the haves and who are the have-nots. And unfortunately, Western falls on the have-nots. They are not getting funded the way the other schools are. It's just it's going to be a tough battle for Western moving forward. Yeah, they it's just it's not getting any better. And uh, I guess I just feel bad for the kids because they were playing hard. It's not like oh yeah, I looked at you know do. you looked at them. Geez, that was pathetic. No, they were trying. Yeah. They're just not as good. And I think they're just 
fatigued. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of the, they just got to get through the year, move on, and figure out what they want to do with the program and how they want to re- allocate what little resources they have. And yeah, I mean, it's God, it's got to be tough. I've never been on on a team that bad. I've been on some bad teams, but holy man, I mean, they're they just don't even they don't even have guys they can't score. You know, they can't even – you can go into a game and pretty much, like when we played them, I said, yeah, they should get around seven. Yeah. I mean, I legitimately yeah. – what did they get, seven or ten? Guys, I don't know what they got. They're yeah. averaging under 50 yards a game rushing. I mean, it's just oh, total yeah. dominance. They, they just can't run on the ground. Let's look at the yeah. standings. The Rabbits, 5-0, and 8-0 overall um, in first place. They, of course, will look at that North Dakota State game. Uh, the Coyotes dropped to four and one. They are six and two overall. Northern Iowa is four and one. So the Coyotes and Northern Iowa are tied in the conference race at four and one. Northern Iowa at five and three overall. Then comes the uh, one, two, three, four log jam at three and two. North Dakota, Youngstown State, North Dakota State, Southern Illinois, and then the under five hundred conference teams, two and three, both for Illinois State, Missouri State, one and four, Murray State. Uh, comes uh, in next. And then the winless conference teams, Indiana State, Western Illinois, and from seeing both teams, big divide between Indiana State and Western Illinois at the bottom <laughs> of the conference <laughs> standings. So, oh, yeah. Hey, you know what's interesting? You look at that. Now, I think next week we'll get into our uh, playoff prognostications. I love to do that because then you start. What I like to do is I, I'll pull all conferences in. I'll print out all conferences, cross out everyone who's out, cross out any seven and fours from a bad conference because they're not getting in. You know, that type of thing. So then you get left with, let's say, what is How many? At, 12 at largest? 13? I think it's is it 11. Down to 11 now. 13 so there's 13 autos. autos. 13 okay. autos. So only 11. Here's the thing. If if they, what you just read, Shannon, goes, um, let's say there's win one, lose one. NDSU win one, lose one. UND win one, lose one. Uh, you know, Northern Iowa win one. It's, if, if it's just a back and forth. They might get six at yes. largest. The, but, <laughs> a, but Kelly, I don't know how it would work, I but follow, they might get six. You know, probably be five. But, football is well. a hobby um, for me, and I I watch a lot of FCS. I love the ability to stream different FCS games, oh. even when there's FBS big time games on. I'm I'm still looking at East Coast, West Coast, all kinds of things. And the one thing we need to remember is when you listen to Big Sky fans, and we were in the Big Sky for a while, you got to make room for the nine that they're going to put in the playoffs because <laughs> that is the best conference oh. there has ever been. Well, no, here, here, make room for the darlings. Here's the, <laughs> here's the thing, though. They're in trouble because they're, a few of them got beat up. It got beat like Davis is playing their way out. They're out. They're not going to get in anyway. But um, they're down to three. Three and, at large is the Big Sky is looking at three. our friends in Missoula oh. – the last thing they needed to see happen was the Vandals beat the Cats. And they don't realize it because they right. want the Cats to lose. Their favorite team is the Grizzly, Grizzlies and anybody who's playing the Cats. So they right. wanted the Cats to lose, but they don't realize that that put them in jeopardy, um, that right. the Grizz are in jeopardy. Their their strength of schedule is horrendous. Right. Well, they're, so. we'll, see, we'll see how it gets held against them because I still – to the, I'll take it to my grave that, yeah, uh, Kent Haslam can't be in the room when they're talking about, oh, they didn't talk about him the rest of the time they were in the room. They didn't talk about anybody. They didn't say they didn't have any conversations. They don't know who Kent Haslam is. 
when he leaves the room? They forget who he is when they're, they're you mean they're just disparaging Montana as soon as he leaves the room? No, they're not. Okay, okay, that's what, this thing is so stupid it's when they say they got to leave the room because they had no business getting in the playoffs last year in the first place. And then they get a home game, of course, because of they bid so much and everybody, they know, but we don't open. We don't open them until we place it. Really? You didn't know it was inside that envelope from Montana? They see 25000 You know what's inside there. You know? Kelly, so it's like, God. you probably had the most accurate prognostication of what's going to happen this year in one of your tweets when you said this year is the wrath of Patty V. She isn't going to let it happen this year. No. She was very upset last year, yeah. and that's – Patty Viverito, the Missouri Valley Football Conference Commissioner, very upset what happened. She carried it over to the summer when she described the performance of her own uh, commissioner or her own representative, person, representative and other representatives as incompetent. So yeah. uh, hopefully, Patty, we love it that she's on our side now that we're in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. We're going to look at this week. Missouri Valley Football Conference. It's rivalry week, and that's why we're down in Murray State, because Murray State, of course, is our natural rivals. <laughs> North, <laughs> North Dakota at Murray State, kicking off rivalry week, 1 p.m. Saturday from Murray. Uh, big game in the Missouri Valley Football Conference this week. North Dakota State, South Dakota State, rematch of last year's national championship, 2 p.m. from Brookings. My husband might be in trouble. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be – no, they'll make some plays. This isn't going to be – I don't – this isn't going to be an all-time beatdown or anything. I mean, I, like people th are thinking just – everyone's equating it to the UND game. This is how bad NDSU can look. Well, God, what's South Dakota State going to do to them? Eh, it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. It's and, mentality of 18-year-olds back to that. Again, 20-year-olds, okay, everyone's different. Right now, the, where they're going to get in trouble is their D-line. Yeah. is trying trying to hold up for four quarters. Right. That's where they're going to get in trouble, I think, this weekend. They're playing for a rock. And, uh, yeah. gentlemen, I grew up two miles north of the South Dakota border. Um, saw a lot of those mile markers, and a lot, a lot of them were in college dorm rooms um, <laughs> because they were often stolen. So um, that is the mile marker uh, game this weekend. South Dakota goes on the road to southern Illinois for a 1 p.m. kickoff. Mm. Big matchup. Ooh, now, that was one of those where win one, lose one, somebody's going to, you know, one of the two is going to drop right. but still be in the playoffs, yep. you know, still be in. But, ooh, I don't know. What do, what do you think, Matt? I don't even know if I can pick that one. That one's interesting. Youngstown State comes in to Indiana State. Could this be the week that Indiana State break, breaks their losing streak? <sighs> I'm trying Could to think. be. I mean, they're a good team. I mean, they they're at home. Yeah. Youngstown's throwing. D-line holds up like they did. They're getting pressure on him. Youngstown's throwing and needs to throw. You know, they yeah, they run a little bit, that King kid. But, uh, yeah, that one, I don't know. I got to – yeah, that one's going to be interesting. Well, how, how badly do they want that first win? And they're in Indi at Indiana State? They are yeah. at – in Terre Haute at Indiana State. But, you know, what home field advantage they have too. So, I mean, yeah. I they play know. better at home. There isn't any home field advantage. But, yeah, yeah with the yeah. 800 people there. But it's – it's uh, um, they seem to play yeah, better, yeah. you know. Western goes into Cedar Falls to play Northern Iowa. I think their woes continue Oof. there. Yeah. And then a big matchup that really affects the Hawks. Illinois State goes to Missouri State. Do the Bears – Plan on playing this weekend, and can the Bears disrupt things in that middle of the pack? Sure. They're, yeah, they're always a, a team that can light it up at any given time and during the season. So, 
It just depends on whether they decide to play or not. It would help. It would help us because I believe Illinois State has four losses now, which I told said before the season, four losses and they're out. They're, the, the strength of schedule just isn't there. And I think reality set in now that they're going to be the one, just because all these, well, what is there, seven teams ahead of them or ever. So I could see them, even if they win, but I could see them dropping. This one just motivation-wise, I mean, I guess they could win. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, no, they'll win. Too, but... but then you know what they'll do? They'll come in like they did a couple of years ago and, Come into the Alaris Center. <laughs> Guns a blazing. Oh, geez, they look good. That their defense was just like they rabid. Were. That damn like they had nothing to play they, for. Their season was over. Are and they, they seriously were. not a playoff team? They they look pretty good. And yeah, so, and this is what I was oh, thinking. But their defense, you look at that, just beautiful. I mean, right? hey, when you watch that defense stand there, I'm like, that's these what I mean. guys are good. Missouri yeah. State is is a flash in the pan at yeah. any given time. So it depends on if they show up. Oh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. But I I'm not too worried about. Illinois State win or lose with this one just because as far as playoffs go now I'm worried about that last game of the year by all means because they can they can shut down our running game very easily so motivation is always a big thing and uh intent and knowing it's the last game of the year but like I said they came in a couple years ago and looked pretty good that's a lot of information (laughs) guys that's a good segment um we nap are, time. It is nap time. <laughs> we are, we're we're going to take a break. Imagine if we had a guest, if we had to squeeze that in, too. We're going to take a break, guys. And Yeah, but I wanted to, I, you know, this new segment or segment sponsored by Toasted Frog, I did want to say thanks to John Holt and the guys. They do an excellent job there. Glad we get the relationship going with them. That's what, that's what we want, you know, good local people that support UND. They're one of them. They're at every game. John's yep. at the games. Yep. I mean, and you family's know, there, Hafner's. His Kelly. in-laws, there have been well, 50 years. I don't know how many years they've been supporting UND. So, great family. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm glad we can make this come together. Is there any truth to the rumor that the incarnation of the name Toasted Frog came from watching you in your freshman, sophomore year at the <laughs> University of North Dakota as a safety? Burn toast. Yeah. Burn toast. yeah. Toasted, toasted Frog. Isn't yeah. that what they called you? Yeah. That's, frog. There were plenty of them. That's what I remember. <laughs> Ask Bubba. I'm sure he'd remember. You got to get, hey. Everybody gets beat. You know, you got to get through. You got to get through those years and learn from them, right? You know, right. and I got <laughs> I got beat a few times and I actually got beat probably more when I was older. <laughs> a sad thing. It's like, you know, yeah, but you like, made you, up for you it. Like so. think that you like to like think that you get better, you get older, and then you start stopping. Like, oh, wait, Mike McKinney at St. Cloud beat me multiple times, and he was really good. And, you know, well, <laughs> speaking of getting older, we got to take a break. We're, we are winded, as we always are at the end of the segment. When we come right. back, it's Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. We'll have the Hail Mary quiz. Our 360 game preview, first time matchup between Murray State and North Dakota. It's a 1 p.m. kickoff, Roy Stewart Stadium. We're going to have Kelly and Matt's picks, which are brought to you by Rumor Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Will Matt continue his hot streak, or does Kelly get back on track? Um, Again, always thank you for listening to the podcast. You can get more information at undfootball360.com. We're going to take a break. When we return, we will preview this week's matchup versus the Murray State Racers.
Kentucky keep on shining. This is Garrett Mogg, and you are listening to UND Football 360. Welcome back. Segment two, Shannon Kelly Matt, UND Football 360. We're getting you ready for a 1 p.m. kickoff Saturday, 11 4, 1 p.m., Roy Stewart Stadium in Murray, Kentucky. A first ever matchup between Murray State, the Racers, and your North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Fellas, Garrett Mogg brought us back, and he is a newly signed member of the USFL's Michigan Panthers. Good for Garrett. He's sticking with it, and I love it when these guys do this. Exhaust every effort. Keep going, you know, start over. You yeah. got in the camp Well, at the Vikings. You never know what can happen. Well, especially when you're 6'5". Got to keep right. playing. You gotta just keep you going. Like Toivonen. Toivonen just kept hanging. He was in that online indoor football league thing and just but made a name for himself. Right. Made, but all of a sudden, he's well, in a camp, you know, an NFL camp. So, but that body type with that ability, catch radius, just stay with it. Yep. You, you can always go get a job when later. That is Stay exactly with it. right. The, one of the most famous examples of that, Kurt Warner, working as a right. grocery guy yep. and <laughs> playing arena football. Two years later, he's winning the Super Bowl. And so, I, I contend that Kurt Warner's success is still why the Panthers are in the top 25 every year. They wouldn't even have to field a team. <laughs> They'd be in the top 25. Uh-huh. Um, in our open block, we had another uh, professional former Fighting Hawk, Brady Oliveira, who is up in Canada, the CFL. He's an MVP candidate. He is blowing up is this blowing year, up. running hard. And, yeah, it's fun to watch him. He's such a good guy, too. All the stuff he does up there with the animals, with the stray yeah. stray dogs. The and dog, the, yeah, dog the rescue. rescue. Company, yep. yeah. And just he's he's from there. So Winnipeg is, you know, it's his hometown. Oh. People know him to begin with. Now he's kind of becoming – the ambassador, you know, to Winnipeg for he's become the face of Winnipeg when it comes to football and sports, that type of thing. And just, I don't know, he's just an impressive individual. He really is. Yeah. What a great ambassador yep. for Fighting Hawk football. Yep. Um, you know, it's probably important to note there are five former Fighting Hawks that are playing professional football right now. Matt Waletsko uh, with the Dallas Cowboys has had some uh, injury. We mentioned Brady Oliveira. We mentioned um, uh, Garrett Mogg. Garrett would be the sixth. Evan Holm is also making his mark with Winnipeg with the Blue Bombers. Um, and Mason Bennett, Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's a former favorite here at UND Football 360, another just standout uh, individual. And then the man whose name is hard to pronounce, Tieran Frieda, Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah, he's playing well, too. His name pops up on, on my radar every once in a while. I forget about him, you know, but, yeah, he's stayed for a number of years up yep. there. So, yeah, been, been yeah it's, I saw Holm and uh, Oliveira were at the NDSU game. So they, they had a bye week. So they were down there with one of their teammates. And then uh, our guy Nate Nguyen was with them. Said hi to Nate. Good to see him working uh, down in Minneapolis construction construction company, kind of project manager type guy. I'm sure he's outstanding at it. Oh, just a smart, he, smart again, individual, good kid. Smart oh. guy, a team guy. guy. Yeah. You know, we, we've met so many people. Again, our, our interaction, um, we're remote. Uh, obviously, we're based out of Fargo, so our interaction with the players is somewhat limited. But when you get to know uh, these young men as individuals, they're even more impressive than they are on uh, Saturday. This is the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview, which is brought to you by Thunder Lake Lodge in Reamer, Minnesota. And, fellas, it's November 1st, but the season's changed earlier this week. It is damn cold here in 
the north, and Ooh. it's time to think about what you can do at Thunder Lake Lodge to break the monotony of winter. Hundred percent, yeah. Ice fishing's right around the corner. It's a great place, northern Minnesota, uh, my home country, Reamer. Fantastic place yep. to be in the winter time. You got snowmobiling, you got ice fishing, you got the whole nine yards, and it's a uh, it's a place where you can do something all year long. Well, you heard our open, and uh, Matt, did you know the artist that was singing Blue Moon of Kentucky? Um, I'm guessing I you know. didn't. <laughs> that was Patsy Cline. Oh, you know what? I mm-hmm. just, I'm tip of your tongue. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was just about <laughs> to say Patsy Cline. And I am not ashamed to admit, uh, back in the CD days, I had the Patsy Cline collection that my children got me CDs. For. CDs. I know I'm, eight tra- dating, I'm dating sure myself. You're not going to say eight tracks. I got one. Keep yeah, going. Record. <laughs> Back it up. <laughs> Record. Yeah. yeah, Al Jolson. It's I probably saw, on vinyl. I saw, Let's be I, honest. I saw <laughs> Al Jolson in person. The uh, the I, I did get it. I got the Patsy Cline collection. My my children knew my taste. I got it for Christmas one year. I do love Patsy Cline. It reminds me of KBMR Radio. Um, when my aunt and uncle owned the grocery store meat market back when I was growing up. Uh, in South Central North Dakota, um, but it's probably the first time Patsy Klein's ever been used on a football show. But she is my favorite version of Blue Moon of Kentucky. The Hawks are going to Kentucky. You heard um, the starters gate, and until the 1950s, Murray State was known as the Thoroughbreds. Mm, they really then they then shortened it to T Breads. The baseball team were the Breads until fairly recently they adopted racers but they shortened it up to racers in the 1950s but they were the thoroughbred so there is an homage to thoroughbred horse racing in murray state's uh nickname and we are going to talk about the hail mary quiz because it is time for the hail mary quiz and um you know i've i've started most of our listeners have said you know with the hail mary quiz the best thing about it is don't do a prize for the winner uh, do a chore for the loser. So this week's chore, I, I, I wonder, do uh, do you folks Wait know? Wait a minute. Yep, go ahead. Well, I just lost, I think, last week. So yeah. So now you implement that as soon as I lose. As soon as you lose. <laughs> I'm yeah. What the I'm heck's put going on here? Well, wait till you hear No, it. not when uh, Kelly loses. Wait till no, you hear it. You want to take him off. Yeah, well, well, wait till you, wait till okay. you hear it. Okay, all right, I'll hear you out. Um, I don't know if the two of you know that the head ball coach's wife, Laura, is a horse person. I did know that. Huge horse person. Very she, good photographer as well. Yep, and she oh. does a lot of horse shows. She yep. spends a lot of time in Kentucky at horse shows um, as a photographer. Um, she has competed at horse shows. Uh, she competes in hunter-jumper horse shows. Um, I think she's considering uh, or has retired from that, but now her role with the horses is primarily photography. Um, she has always maintained a horse in Grand Forks or uh, somewhere. Her current horse is named Nash. He is a thoroughbred. Um, when he was racing, his name was Cherokee's Goal. Cherokee's Goal. He's now known as Nash. Uh, Nash spends some time in St. Louis. Sometimes he's quartered in St. Louis, so she has an easier she trucks him to different things, so it's easier to pick him up in St. Louis than truck him all the way from Grand Forks. Long story short, yeah. um, this week's loser of the Hail Mary quiz has to spend a week cleaning up after Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are city oh, boys, <laughs> Grand Forks, Bismarck, Duluth. Yeah. You probably never cleaned up after a horse, um, but it ain't pleasant. So 
This week's loser has to clean up after the head ball coaches, the, the first lady of Fighting Hawk football's horse, Nash. Um, this is the first time North Dakota is playing Murray State, but it is not the first time a, a team from North Dakota has played in the Bluegrass State back in 1950. The University of North Dakota played the Wildcats on 11-19-1950. They played the University of Kentucky Wildcats. The Wildcats were victorious that day. This week's Hail Mary quiz is what was the final score between the Wildcats and the University of North Dakota. And our football expert who comes closest is the winner, our loser. Get a shovel, baby. Kelly, you go first. What was the final score between the Wildcats and the Fighting Sioux? 1950. All right, I'm going to factor that in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, boy, let's go 10 to 9. Right. <laughs> Kelly goes 10 to 9. It was ugly. Big 10 score. Matt, what do you got in this one? 1950, the Wildcats beat the Sioux. What was the final score? Mm. Uh, it's probably like a weird score, like 6 to 5 or something like that. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go 6-5. Yeah, I'll just, six, five. Uh, that's what, Ten, it nine, popped six, in there. Five. Yeah, okay. it just popped in there. So I, and when you, hear, with it. when you hear the final score, I'm going to send both of you out to clean up after Nash because neither one of you is even in the ballpark in 1950. In fact, on November 19th, 1950, the only other time a University of North Dakota football team appeared in Kentucky, the Sioux lost to the Wildcats 83 buff. <laughs> 83 nothing. <laughs> I'm guessing it was a long bus trip home. They yeah, probably oh didn't God. fly. 83 to Oof. nothing. Jesus. I thought they were um, just good at basketball, but we, apparently they were good at football <laughs> back then, too. Oh. Kelly wins because uh, we're going total points here. Neither one of you deserves to win. Um, Ten, nine, I was six closest to, to five. our points, though. I was, well, yeah. you're, both, you're both going out to clean up after Nash. That's this week's Hail Mary quiz. Uh, let's talk about 360 game preview right now. First time ever. First time ever between these two programs. Um, Missouri State has two wins on the year. They beat Presbyterian in the opener, 41 to 10. They beat Indiana State last week's opponent, 30 to 28. Kelly, moving forward, looking at the racers, does that Indiana State game have any bearing on what you see as this week? No, not at all, because I just everything's different. You know, week to week, we know that, especially with UND, we know it's di everything's different week to week. But as I pointed out in my game review. This is a team of habit. Every year, well, you can pretty much say they're going to be seven, four, eight, three, whatever, right? You guess what they're going to be. Week to week, it seems to happen too. Last year, week eight, struggle at home with Abilene Christian, and um, just kind of one of those lull games. Not did you don't know the opponent very well. So Abilene Christian turned out to be a pretty good team last year. Right. So, they, and I was impressed with them the entire game. So it was partly due to them. Partly due to UND, just not able to get anything going. Still won, 34-30, I think it was. Yep. This year, week eight, Indiana State comes in. Not real familiar with them, but um, another kind of a struggle. Decent up front, you know, and they got it. So the week after, um, the week after last year, they went to Indiana, UND went to Indiana State and blow, blew them up. 
just 42-7, I think it was, just killed them. I think we, this year, another team of habit. I don't think anything applies. I think UND goes on the road and looks like a different team this mm-hmm. week. There's a lot. I got a lot of my notes. I don't need to bury the lead here. But, um, yeah, it's it's it, interesting stadium before I get into it. I looked at aerial. Seats under little under 17,000, all on one side. So oh, wow. a big kind of a half uh, arc, so you know, like arc hill or something. An arc, no, just <laughs> goes up oh, wow. 50 rows or whatever, 60 rows, whatever that thing is, and kind of, you know, bends a little bit around at the corners, you know, to mm-hmm. give a better view. I like that. But a track around it. Oh. Oof. Yeah, they yeah, got a track around their field. Nothing on the other side. The other side's like a high school field, you know, with just some lights, light poles, and that's so it. Are, the fans are a long ways yeah. from the field. Oh, and they're all together on the same side. And like I said, a huge mass of concrete. I mean, those stands are, it's old, you know, the right. old Memorial right. Stadium I was days. Bring up yeah. Memorial. It yep. Sounds like you're describing that because it seemed like it was so far with the track in between you and the fans. Yep. And, and I was fortunate to play two seasons at Memorial before we moved to the Laris. And what a difference when you have the fans right there behind yeah. you to like they're eight yeah, lanes it's, away. It's so not it's, not an ideal. Yeah, no, it's not set it's up not. for them anyway. But yeah, looking at this game. Um, Murray State's struggling to score this year, 16 points per game. They allow 32, so got a big negative before mm-hmm. the game even starts. Um, a lot of a lot of penalty yards, 71 penalty yards. They aren't sacking, guys. That stuck out at me. They only got eight sacks in eight games. Like to turn over the ball. Yeah, turnovers. <laughs> they, It's, you know, D.J. Williams, our quarterback, 6'3", 210. He's a good athlete. You, they run him a little bit. They run him. It looks like about 10 times a game they'll run him. And I, I saw some of the stuff, you know, a little QB power, QB counter, you know, pull the guard. And, um, it, it can get you. They can get some yards on it. But – it's kind of it's uh the Murray offense kind of a pedestrian outfit you know I rec- I equate it maybe when I like the way I talked about Illinois State kind of don't take too many chances you know a lot of RPO stuff run the run the ball DJ Williams will take off running a little bit but yeah it's and their coach said it you know before the season he said it during the season when before they played NDSU and stuff you know the the biggest thing they are realizing they knew coming in, but they're realizing week to week is line play. Their lines aren't ready yet. Yep. And that's kind of shows up, I guess. Yeah. And, and I didn't look at the end yet when they played NDSU, but look, just looking at the, the game before that Missouri state, when they played Missouri state, um, DJ had 21, he was 21 for 34 threw for two twenty seven, threw for three touchdowns, but two interceptions. And then he was sacked five times in that game. So, I mean, that just, just looking at the stats, of just a couple weeks ago i mean you know that there are probably some interior line issues you know they're not able to hold up to to the blitz and then um good quarterback and he's an athlete but he's going to cough up the ball too so um it's going to be some opportunities on defense i think and north dakota uh will be without its sack leader ben mcnamo uh hayden steck steps in hayden's been in the rotation but he steps into the too deep. Um, talk a little bit about that, Kelly, what that loss of McNabal means. Well, it's your best D lineman. It's your most dynamic D lineman. It's your every down D lineman, uh, especially third and long guy. They, they like to kick him out to that seven, nine, tech, whatever way out there and let him come off the edge, work the tackle over a little bit. And 
he's gotten pretty good at that role. So it's going to hurt in that regard. I mean, a guy like Jalen Johnson's probably got to step up, get out there. I don't know if they move, uh, say, a Jack Tykin. You know, let him put him out there and turn him loose, you know, instead of keeping him on the inside and let him see if he can beat a guy one-on-one. You know, that type of thing. You just got to find someone to replace him. But you're not going to replace the production is the problem. And and, uh, Ben's going to be out multiple weeks, I'm sure, based on what, you know, I saw, the way he came off the field. So I don't see, you know, it's going to be tough. But this game, I don't see it being as big in this game. Where next week at South Dakota, it could show up. You know, definitely show up missing your best, your best defensive player. We don't want, we don't want to have that. But tough break for Ben. He had been playing well again. But um, yeah, Murray, Murray. I'm just trying to get a handle on these guys. Yeah, they're just. I think it's just a learning year for them. Their win, their only win was they beat Presbyterian, who moved down to the Pioneer, and they weren't good before they went to the Pioneer, and now they're technically non-scholarship and then they beat indiana state by two like we mentioned so played played in missouri state tough the game you mentioned matt 28 24 yeah so they did played yeah, them it tough was, it was a good good game no. like. I mean. <clears throat> they can they're all right and our guy jason coley transferred there we got to mention that he's he doesn't start at safety but i think he gets in there a little bit he usually as a tackler to a game so southern illinois they lost 27 6 so i think their defense is okay I think their defense keeps them in there. They just can't score points at times is their issue. So then it it just slowly gets away. Right. And yeah. field, you know, that affects your field position. And when your yeah. offense gets in trouble, you, your defense can only do so much for so yeah. long. And they slowed right. North Dakota State down in the second half. But North Dakota State went to a very uh, – it went right. to a ground game and basically said, we're, we're going to just run this thing out. we got a big game next week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think, I think it's, uh, you know, as far as uh, UND offensively, I think this is the game, well, where you try to get back to the run. You try to go – and you try to go downfield a little bit. you got to get something on tape. You know, I mean, the last two weeks, we threw more two-yard passes than I've ever seen in my entire – I mean, oh, uh, like we're taking it to an extreme here with the amount of tunnel screens and bubble screens. <laughs> I mean, it was like, what is, you know, it's just too much. It was, they, Tommy, and they got to get going. They got to yeah. get in a rhythm. The, the only way Tommy gets in a rhythm is when he starts connecting. It, those don't do anything for him. Two-yard mm-hmm. passes don't get a quarterback in rhythm. He gets in rhythm when he's hitting bow on the little switch routes and pick routes and, you know, little the corner routes for right. 17 yards on the sideline, those passes, that's when you see Tommy start to, all right, here we go. And we we might need to go tempo. We're, Tommy's better under, when we go tempo, when well, we, we don't huddle. When we proved that last game. I mean, he, he always he, has, he, yeah. he, he's out. He's already he, – I don't think he has time to overthink <laughs> things either. Like, he's right. he's a smart kid. Yeah, when we went to that, that tempo – offense in the fourth quarter last week like we had things moving our offensive line didn't have time to like do a bunch of nobody has time to think line up and go right and you don't overthink this thing you don't you don't breathe you don't look in the crowd and look around go two minute first quarter (laughs) right well that's what i'm saying i think the coaches realize that but the downside is you go three and out all of a sudden you know you're you do it a couple times in a row, three and out, now your defense well, is out there real quick. that was seconds off the clock. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the downside, which nobody wants that, but I don't think you'd go three and out if you ran the way of the offense this way. 
because they would get the down, the running game would get going pretty soon. You run up there quick, you snap, you just hand it off. Right. Well, now you're plowing for a few in the inside. You're, you're catching if, them. You, you know, know, if you have Quincy Vaughn in there, you know, like right. oh, it, defense doesn't know what's coming at them. Yeah, I just like to see them change it up a little bit. Sitting in the huddle, it seems like they need some, they need a shot in the arm. They need something to get them going again. They they had 450 yards. UND did last week of offense. If you told me they had 300, I'd have believed you. Somehow they had 450 yards. I don't know how they did it, but that's pretty good output, you know. Yeah. And they and had only, only seven points at halftime. Right, and only seven. So, uh, I don't know this this one. I don't know what I I'm, I always tell myself. What do I want to see? I don't. I just want to see fluidity on offense. Efficiency. I want to see rhythm. Yeah. I don't care how you do it. I'm not going to say I need to see inside zone. I don't need to see inside zone. I need to see rhythm. I just want to see them looking good when they're, crisp. you know, that yeah. yeah, looking good guys running, <laughs> get their stuff going, the mesh stuff, the RPO, the pick routes. I don't care. Get it going and start moving, frustrate the other team. And right. that's when we and become a three-phase football team. Speaking of three phases, any word on the return of Gavin Zebarth or Red Wilson? Neither one in uniform last week. Zebarth, I doubt it. I mean, you don't. I, I think he's closer. I think he's closer than he is further away. But you don't bring him back this week. Next week's when you bring him back. You need him next week. So, I highly doubt they would play um, Zebarth this week, even if he was close. Red Wilson, I don't know what he's hurt or I don't know what's going on there. But he just he wasn't even dressed. So you tell me. I don't know. I didn't see him get real hurt, real injured in that game, and he looked like you stand on the sideline okay the set two games ago, and all of a sudden last week he isn't dressed. You tell me. I, I, I mean, my conspiracy it's, flag goes up. It's hard, okay, it's, it's I like to, to do that. I'm yeah. very good at that. And you tell me. I don't know. I mean, he. What you don't go from staying from on the sideline in dressed. your uniform. Like to not dressed, right? There's a progression there. Unless you got hurt in practice, I don't know. I have no idea, but I, I, I highly doubt it. Tried guys. to come back and then not, or yeah. Uh, so he wasn't even dressed. So I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to count yeah. on him this weekend. I think it's Isaiah Smith, which there was a chance he had. He has a little concussion issues a couple of weeks ago, so that's why I mentioned last week that he might not play, but he was fine. I think as it turned out. So it'll be Isaiah Smith, and then I was surprised Seidel didn't get in there. Did he even play last? He week? did. Yeah. What did I miss? Like, what? How many so, plays do you think it was? Two. Two. Okay. Sawyer um, played two. Both got. Wonder um, what I was doing. I must not busted have seen it. up. Okay. Um, our freshman last week um, looked like freshman. Okay. Well, Corey Ty, Sawyer, Sawyer, Seidel. Um, <laughs> we, and and again, they are freshmen. Um, I know no. there's a lot of excitement about both Sawyer and Corey. They are going to be tremendous Fighting Hawks. They looked like freshmen last week. By the way, that two-point conversion that we should not have gone for in the first place. Do you, should I start up on that one? No, I already, I already well, we covered already, it to death, I think, yeah. on that one. But, uh, okay, um, he was going to throw that. Yeah, it was that you could see his arc he took. His arc was backwards, yeah. so he mm -hmm. stays eligible to throw it. It was a ladder. But in the back of the – I think it was Elijah Klein was wide open in the back of the end zone. It would have, it would have been a good play if it – but he didn't – I mean, I'm sure he was nervous running out there. He didn't even catch the lateral, you know. So, freshman being freshman, but you got to give him a chance. And that's that's what everyone wants to see. So, do we see Seidel now this week? It, I equated it to game flow. Things weren't flowing. Danny was probably getting a little nervous, digging, having to dig deep. You don't put freshmen in when you're in a 7 nothing game, 7-7 seven, seven game with a 0-7 team. Mm -hmm. You don't start putting Sawyer Seidel in. I think that's why he didn't play. you got to just put 
Well, Isaiah Smith played right. a majority of yeah. the game, it seemed right. like. so. And a 71-yard so, uh, scoop ooh, that was, big. was a game-turner. Yep. That's what we, we – had he done that yet this year? I don't think his, so. I don't think he busted run, one. I, don't think. I, think, I don't think he nope. busted mm-hmm. one and, uh, and just ran out of gas. How about the D-back that ran him down? Don't see that too often. <laughs> yeah. That guy is, yeah, I think uh, Isaiah, Isaiah had been waiting for that because they, they show when he's coming off to the sideline. He was guys were hitting him on the helmet, and he's yeah. just like a just, br- sigh yeah, right. of relief. Yeah. He finally he broke one, you know, and he, he is the – he is the home run guy, but it's just been a by committee approach. So, but this week's him; mm-hmm. it's his show. So, if they if if we get ahead, it's going to be a lot of Isaiah, Isaiah Smith and Skokna. You know, and Skokna mm-hmm. they'll share the carries. But he did a good job. Did a good job last week filling in for Zebarth Stinger um, for Luke. But I he came back in. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he's hanging his arm. At the, God, that had me worried. I'm yeah, like, we lose another one. We're already Ooh. we're already yep. going into the depth chart. You guys ready to? Take a look at this week's picks. Sure. Matt and Kelly's picks are brought to you by Rumors Sports Bar Grill and Casino. Um, hey, we got a special treat this week, Hawk fans, because our own broadcast team, our own television crew, is going to Murray, Kentucky. Brian Sean, Ryan Kosowski from Midco Sports. Um, and I always say, you know, we see the quality that we get from our radio and broadcast teams when you have to listen to the opponents broadcast teams this is a big deal and again fcs football is as good as it gets up here we are top notch um and when you get into some of these other areas you know you got the b team doing the game but brian and ryan are going to be in murray kentucky yeah that's interesting i'm glad they glad they did that and a little tidbit on that taylor um, budge oh she going with sideline too also oh, three of them Sweet. good yeah. yeah they um dg east grand forks playing dgf um, last weekend and ended up losing. But if they won, they were in the Fargo Dome here this weekend um, in the section final or whatever it's called, and uh, they were going to need someone to replace Ryan, and I, there was an outside small chance that yours truly the call. was going to yeah. be on TV, guys. You know, <laughs> what is our commission? We've been farming yeah, you right. out lately to these other shows. What, Matt, have you gotten a commission they, check? No. They no, would have needed someone to go with. So, oh, yeah, it was interesting. Gone. I don't know if they would <laughs> Might have wised up, but I had I have a uh, experience you with him. Worked for him for two years, sideline reporter. But um, yeah, that would have been interesting. But yeah, I think I think it's gonna be fun, fun game. I like it when they go a place we haven't been. Yeah, haven't been before. I think it's interesting, yeah, it's and interesting. I like that. I like that they're doing it too. So will the even though they're heading down, will the ESPN broadcast be? I think they still pick Murray? it up. We get it local on Midco. And they still pick it up ESPN Plus. So fans across the country are still going to be able to access it. And so if you hit the ESPN Plus, you're you're yours, not getting Murray's. Because uh, I assume Murray's still going to do it, right? Murray's still going to do it. You're probably going to get Murray's. I on wonder ESPN if he, yeah, because so but people got to be get the midco guys. I'm going to package. I'm uh, my wife and I missed an opportunity here. We uh, we canceled our. Uh, plans to go to Boise. Um, we we did go to Brookings last year. We went to Lincoln. Here is I'm I'm gonna put a bug in the ear of Hawks fans for uh, 25 Murray State game when we go down to Murray State. You can fly in to Nashville on Allegiant. You can leave mm-hmm. Thursday. You can come back Sunday. It is the perfect football weekend. And Nashville is a two-hour drive from Murray, Kentucky. Uh, Murray is a beautiful 
city, beautiful community, Kentucky's beautiful state. Um, but we missed the boat this year. Um, we do have a grandson who's having his second birthday, so we are going to be here doing that. But I'm going to look at the 25 schedule. This could become a thing because you can fly on Allegiant to Nashville. That's not like a bad that. idea. That is a great football weekend trip. Uh, Jack Michaels, Mike Bird, Paul Ralston are going to be on the radio call. It's 1 p.m. kickoff, so it's going to be a noon um, pregame start on the Fighting Hawks radio network as well. Uh, Rumors brings you, Kelly and Matt's picks, and Billy and the boys uh, are certainly going to have the game on Saturday. Oh, yeah. They're ready to go, as always, in Rumors, so we can – Hit up Billy, maybe for some uh, pony advice while you're while in between. You can watch watch the UND game, watch the screens from Saratoga, see how the see how the races are going. I don't get that stuff. That's I, that's crazy. How you read right. chart? Those people yeah. read those charts like I I understand speed or whatever, but what? I mean, there's ten thousand horses. Have you ever played? It's, like, a, it's, <laughs> a, it's a cult following. It, Have you I ever played the dogs? But, Kelly? Oh, I, when I was little, I did. Oh, the dogs yeah. are fun. When I was little, well, I went out to Rapid City. Don't they have dogs? Uh, oh, they might. I Iowa. South Dakota had something, Iowa has too. dogs. Okay. And uh, I've been to the dogs in Iowa. I'm not a big better as we've talked <laughs> yeah, about betting before. betting on greyhounds. I'm not oh. betting on greyhounds. I bet enough <laughs> I bet enough on business. Um, but there is, a, there is a formula when you're watching the dogs. And uh, you got to watch the dogs when they go to post, when they go into the starter blocks and you know where i'm going the last one that nature calls bet on that dog (laughs) oh really (laughs) he's gonna win so there's your tip for the day um guys we got to get to your picks uh last week matt had a matt you were coming off a uh two-week streak i know there that you had and you picked hawks 27 14 which was 41 total points kelly picked the hawks 37 13 50 total points you were both miserably wrong but we are going to declare kelly um the winner on total points 36 33 the outcome 69 total points that takes kelly's record to five two and one matt to two five and one or breaks matt's streak i'm glad we both got the winner though you did yeah. the winner. <laughs> well, pretty good. good with the bad. <laughs> and Matt, that means you got to go first this week. Matt, who do you have in this, and what do you got for a score? Uh, 34-10, Hawks. Mm. That was close. Close to what I was going to pick him. I need to change mine oh, here. No. Oof. Now, you Bob, now, I feel bad. now I feel Bob bad Parker. about my pick. Kelly is considering on. you thought it was. Kelly is on. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's on contestant row. Uh oh. Looking at what that is, he may go one dollar under. No, I think oh, I won't do that. But geez, I don't want to change. That was very similar to what I was thinking. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up a little bit. Let's uh let's get some more points out of UND this week. Then we'll go forty one nine. Forty one nine. We're gonna see something weird happen. There's gonna be a safety or three field goals or something. This week. So what so. were you going to say? What was yours? 35 10. Oh, really? <laughs> 35 10. That's funny. Yeah. You want to price is right at me. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we'll go, we'll go 41 9. I think UND breaks out this week, uh, similar to how they did it last week. There's no The offense is not going to stay in the funk, I guess you'd call it. But they still, like I said, they still put up yards. But yeah, I, I expect a much better effort on the road, kind of re, recalibrate, retool a little bit during practice this week and get away. Get away from town and get a uh, sixth win of the year. Get to six and three and 
go down to the Danger Dome next week, and yeah, I like you know it. everything's in front of you. Yeah, I like it. Yep. So our football experts both go Hawks this week. Matt Nelson, thirty-four ten Hawks. Kelly. How 41-9 Hawks. Okay, I do not pick a score, but here's what's going to happen. Because we're in the thoroughbred state, and our thoroughbreds this week are Luke Skokna and Isaiah Smith, I am calling that each will have a touchdown scoring run of 30-plus yards. Thoroughbreds running in the thoroughbred state. Fireworks. Fireworks. I like it. The ground game gets back on track. Uh, Kelly, how we're going to go to you first for final thoughts. Let's enjoy the season, everyone. You know, I was walking in here. I'm saying, let's pump it up around here. All right, they're five and three. Things aren't falling apart. We're not three and five. Fan base is getting a little too negative, Matt. A little too much angst. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would, but but it's for good reason because they're expecting us to be at the top of the conference. Right. We have a lot of life in our fan base right now. Right. We're expecting wins which we haven't had that for a while, right? So right. we're expecting for those wins to keep rolling in every week. So I think that's where the negativity is because our mm-hmm. expectations have just leveled up, which is a good thing to be, to well, have for us. Well, the three losses were probably fairly predictable. According yeah. to my, if you go look yeah. at my preseason no, blog yeah. post, they were. okay, the three, or you're, if you're going to lose the three to this point, it's those three. Well, you, sure, they could have had Northern Iowa on paper, but they weren't going to get that one that week. So – it's time to regroup here. Mm-hmm. Fans, team regroup. We said that I think they'll come out looking better. Yeah. Fans, let's regroup. Playoff run. Let's get it pumped up. And In two weeks, Illinois State, that last game of the year, that can be a big one, okay? That could be a real big game, and that's where there's got to be 9,000-plus in the building getting loud because you're either playing for the playoffs that, that game or you're playing for a seed in that game. So that's going to be a big one. And, and fans are important. This is entertainment. Fans are important. And far be it from me to argue with a bunch of guys who are hopped up on $9 bush lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that, too. I mean, they're, they're getting mad because they're, they're going to games. They're paying to go, paying, a fee, paying $15 to, to park. park. <laughs> Holy God, that got me. The, it's almost worth walking luck, over. Luckily, I have a pass. Well, yeah. Do you see how many people walking? They're, they're walking from, they're walking uh, from the over street. Altru. Yes, they are. Like towards Altru. They're parking way down just to save and the fifth. And I don't blame them. I mean, mm-hmm. you get season tickets. That's, uh, well, this year it's 90 bucks to park then because I think there's six home games, right? Yeah. Yep. So, whew, yeah. So, anyway, I mean, you're paying a lot of money. My point is I know they're expecting. Uh, they want to see a good polished product. They want to see continuity flow. Right. They weren't seeing it. I get it. But, hey. That's why there's three games left. There's sports, sports, right? right? Three games left. Let's do it. Let's all. Hey, we're all in this together. That's what we got to remember. We're all in it together. We all want to win, right? We all want. Everybody loves a winner. That's why we love Kelly. He's a winner. (laughs) Matt Nelson, final thoughts on what you're looking for this weekend. I'm looking forward to this week. I think being on the road is always a special time for a team, too. You kind of leave the distractions at home. Uh, you get your team together. You build camaraderie. I think that's really important right now, especially after coming off a overtime win uh, and running into a few of the players at dinner afterwards. I wasn't expecting that. Feedback was really good. The guys are feeling good, good camaraderie. They were proud of the win. They, they knew that it wasn't a way that they always want to win. They knew they had to be better, but I liked 
the attitude, I like the drive, and I like that going into the final couple games of the season. I like that going on the road. So, so fans out there, our team is doing good. The guys are in the right place. Our coaches are doing a great job. So I'm liking this win uh, down in Murray State. And as always, folks, a reminder... Get your green on this weekend. Even though it's a road game, get your green on this weekend. I'm going to thank our sponsors, Rumor Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino, Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, the Kelly Howe Agency of Nodak Mutual Insurance, Interstate Industrial, and our newest sponsor, the Toasted Frog of Fargo and Grand Forks. Fellas, always a pleasure um, working with you guys. You know, we there's a reason we do this podcast at, each week, and it's because of the money, the cars, and the girls. And, uh, <laughs> bingo. Bingo, yep. man. It is, I mean, you know, that's why we there? do this. What else is there? Um, but it's always a pleasure working oh. with you guys. We bring it every week, and that is what we always talk about, folks. Win or lose, we're going to bring you uh, entertainment, and we love following Fighting Hawks football kickoff. Uh, reminder, 1 p.m. from Roy Stewart Stadium in Murray, Kentucky. Um, if you can't watch on Midco or if you have that sync thing or whatever you got, Jack Michaels, Mike Berg, Paul Ralston, 12 p.m. pregame. There is no better call than Jack Michaels. The TV broadcast team, Brian Sean, Ryan Kosowski, Taylor Budge on the sidelines. Uh, folks, we are blessed with quality, quality uh, broadcasts for Fighting Hawks football und football 360 podcast is recorded at three run single media studios in rocking horse farm fargo for more fighting hawks football coverage visit undfootball360.com for the all-american kelly howe and the national champ matt nelson this is shannon schweiger go hawks